Hello and welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tanya Morgan and today we've got a guest that we've had on the show in the past. We're joined by Dave Keach, who's the Field Development Officer for New Farm. Welcome Dave, great to have you on the show again. Great to be back. Um, last time we were at Kylite Pub having a cold beer, it's probably a little bit early in the morning. It is a little <laughs> bit early for a beer today. So happy to be here. Excellent. So today's topic of discussion um, is around the second AgriFutures Day we're having on weed at technology. And we're actually going to get out in the field this time and talk to a couple of growers who one's just got into weed at technology, one's had to weed it for a while. But we thought we'd pick your brain about some of the herbicide considerations people need to be thinking about going into the season, summer spraying, and how to get the most out of your weed it technology or your optical sprayer technology to get the best summer spray result, given that we're coming out of a pretty wet spring and summer season for a lot of people. So to get started, what are the things that people need to think about when it comes to setting up their optical sprayers this year? I think initially when you think about what are some of the advantages to using that technology, you initially go a, a cost-saving reason. So you could take the approach of um, normally doing a broadcast spray for my summer spray with glyphosate 2,4-D type mixture, and you could certainly continue to do that mix in the optical spot spray technology. But I think the real advantage comes from being able to use alternative chemistry or higher rates of alternative chemistry or higher rates of current chemistry and getting a really satisfactory weed control job out of that. Yeah, it's, it's looking at, I guess, what your weed spectrum is and, and how you tackle that using the technology. So I think in the, the situation that we've come across this summer is there might actually be a lot of volunteer cereals come up. You know, we've probably got to take those out before we then tackle the paddock with the optical spot spray technology. So it's a case of running around and doing a blanket spray of a light rate of glyphosate and then choosing an appropriate tank mix through the optical spot spray technology to take out a week or two later the larger flibane, south thistle, etc. Okay, so I guess some people might question whether there is a place for optical spray technology in a year like this given that so much blanket spraying needs mm. to take place. I guess it's a bit of a wait and see as to how many germinations we get as we go. Yeah, I think if paddocks are really that bad, then you might be initially doing a blanket spray. You're probably looking at perhaps four or five weeds, and some of those are really hard to kill. So especially if you've got some large south thistle that might have survived through lentil harvest, so it's got quite a large taproot, or you've got some hard-to-kill like fleabane. Fleabane is always difficult to kill with a one-pass application in a broadcast spray. It might be a case of going around and tidying up a lot of paddocks with basic glyphosate 2,4-D triclopyr type brews and then using the optical spot spray technology at a later date to tidy up any regrowth out of those very hard to kill weeds or further germinations of very hard to kill summer weeds. So it sounds like herbicide selection is going to be pretty critical because each time you're going to come back you might be dealing with a completely different weed spectrum. What are the main herbicides that are registered for optical sprayers? Yeah, so New Farm has several registrations specifically for use in optical spot spray technology. And what that means is that it's generally a much higher rate of chemistry or alternative chemistry that can be used 
in this situation and that actually requires a, a registration you actually need to go to the APBMA and and show that using these high application rates there isn't plant back risks or, or work health safety risks to using large volumes there is a cost involved for being a registrant but there's an advantage to the grower in that okay if we take some examples we can use 5.5 litres of crucial glyphosate through the optical spot spray technology. So a super high dose that, you know, particularly when you get several nozzles firing at once, you get, can get triple overlap and get super high doses. Other examples would be very high rates of amicide advance, four litres of amicide advance, alliance, so that's paraquat and amitrol, high rates of paraquat. So yeah, there's several options there that you would be using rates well above what you would use in a normal broadcast spray because in a normal broadcast spray that would not be cost effective. So there's some good options there and we can utilise alternative chemistry. So probably some popular ones has been our BIFO, which is glyphosinate. So that has been very effectively used in the eastern states, particularly on hard to kill weeds like feather top roads grass. So that BIFO registration is 10 litres per 100 litres and there's not too much that survives that. Now that, that takes out large clumps of feather top rose grass. It's very good on fleabane and other hard to kill summer weeds. We're suddenly looking at chemistry that we would never consider in typical broadcast by application because of cost and effectiveness. Given that there's been such a large blanket spray program coming out of a wet spring, start of a wet summer, a lot of people struggling to get back within that one week window that is typically recommended for optimal double knot conditions. Is this an issue when you're using optical spray technology? Yeah, I think, so you're probably talking about a situation where we would blanket spray the paddock, perhaps let's say just to take out some volunteer cereals or volunteer legumes and um, we've used a light rate of glyphosate or something of that equivalent to, to blanket spray and you've got some leftover hard to kill summer weeds, let's say fleabane. So I don't think that, I think you've still got perhaps not treated like a double knock. You've just got to treat them as two separate applications. Your first one is just to, to take out that easy to kill green leaf material, which let's say if it's volunteer cereals, it's 600 mils of glyphosate, go over the whole paddock. And then you've got to think about, all right, I've got to do something to take out the flea bait. I think just treat that as a separate application and, and do an optical spot spray technology mix that is suited to just taking out flea bane. And that might be four litres of paraquat and 40 grams of pterodor. It might be 10 litres of bifo. It could be four litres of amicide advance. It could be, we've got registered Comet 400, which is for Roxapir, which is at four litres, is very good at taking out flea bane. Um, so there's, you've almost got to treat that second pass with the weed. It just is a pure separate spray tailored towards that hard to kill weed which means you don't have to worry about oh i've got to get back in seven days you can go and get your other jobs done and come back to that which brings me on to perhaps some of the watch outs for weed which i can talk about that was later. my next oh, question was. right segue okay, so yes i think that the technology is great it allows us to save money it allows us to use alternative chemistry at high rates i think the watch out is that We've got to put our summer spray practices into consideration and that is, you know, we don't want super stressed weeds just because we've got the weeded. It can still come undone if we're waiting for things 
and they get too big or they get really stressed, then that's when no matter what you're putting out can unravel a bit. So I think it is a little bit of a watch out that we don't get too complacent and go, I've got the weeded, I'm going to get all these other jobs done and then maybe I'll go to the beach for a couple of weeks and then I'll I'll come back. (laughs) And I'll do my weeded jobs. Meanwhile, we haven't had rain for four weeks. The flea bane is up to my knee and is flowering and is super stressed and isn't taking in any chemistry. So I think that is the watch out is that not to be complacent with that technology and think that it's a silver bullet in adverse summer conditions. So that is something just to bear in mind. And similarly, I have a question about the risks of inversion with weeded technology too. Yeah, regardless of whether we're using a broadcast spray or optical spot spray technology, so the labels still state not to spray in inversion conditions, whether you're using either or. So legally, you shouldn't be using an optical spot spray technology when there's an inversion present. What can we expect to happen? Like, still expect an inversion is possible. And whether it's whether you're using 2,4-D or glufosinate or parapot through like liquid swaps, we still keep that application on our own paddocks. I'd stick to what the label says, and that says don't spray in inversion conditions. Good advice when you've got a large spray program and, and lots of spraying to do. The daytime temperatures that might not be optimal for spraying also reduce your window for application good to keep that advice in mind there is obviously a risk of inversion conditions even with weed it that label was still stating not to spray in inversion conditions so i wouldn't be doing it in a weeder regardless and another question i have here is what sort of percentage of weeds do you think makes it worthwhile what are you thinking there i think that there's a point where it can be too high so in other words it is your cost saving benefit suddenly redundant if you're at 30% coverage. So if I'm using extremely high rates of this alternative chemistry, but I'm actually putting out 30% of the paddock, then you probably don't have as much of a cost saving benefit. I guess the alternative there would be, look, I actually want to use alternative chemistry to to get a good control job on hard to kill weeds. So I guess it's why are you using a weed? It's not just about cost saving. It could be for other reasons. I would say there's probably no number too low. In other words, while let anything rob the soil mm. of nutrients and moisture, if it's even if it's like five percent and it's flea bang, we don't really want to let five percent of that paddock set seed and then have a seed bank full of flea bang or south thistle whatever so i don't think the number is too low i think whether you if it's too high that's probably an individual's choice about whether they're doing it for cost saving or for other reasons one question i have is about additives and if you're using high rates of herbicides with an optical sprayer how important are they yeah i think the great thing about that technology is that we can simplify our tank mixes So I'm struggling to see a need where, you know, using some of those unique registrations that we don't need to use additional wetters or LI700. I would probably still always use ammonium sulfate in summer conditions. That's probably the only one. I think the only other scenario is Terridor is registered and that does require an oil adjuvant for where we're using just high rates of crucial or amicide advance or high rates of paraquat or alliance we we don't need additional wetters or oils just the ammonium sulfate and that includes hard to kill weeds like flea bane yeah i think then that's the great thing about the technology is that we yeah we don't need to make a complex tank mix to get the job done all right so 
For people out there listening and would like to know more information, MSF is actually holding a second Future Weed Detection Day, which will be happening out in the field and you'll be joining us on the 21st of February at Geranium and Lamaroo in the SA Southern Mallee. So if anyone's got questions like that, we'll tackle those in way more detail on that day and also we'll have some demonstrations on the day and talk to some growers who have actually been using that technology. Yeah, I think it would be a great day. I mean, like, where do you go to find out what herbicides to use in each scenario? I think New Farm has a as good internal resources. The other is what have others been using in practice. So we'll, we'll get a chance to to discuss both. I'll, I'll try and run through all our registrations and show some good examples of what has been put in practice. But yeah, we'll also get to chat to others and see what they've been doing as well on the ground. So that's the best way to learn. And as always, MSF will be um, covering the day. So if you can't make it, we hope to bring you some more information down the track. We now take you to the future of weed detection, putting it into practice field day. Stick around as we have a chat to Ben White and Dave Keach and find out what were the top questions people had from the day. So we're coming to you today from the future of weed detection, putting it into practice field day, if you like. We're at Geranium. We've been looking at a weed at Spray this morning and I've got Ben White with me from Condinan in WA. He's a research engineer and he's been helping us facilitate the day looking at what are the things to think about when putting spot spray technology into practice? Welcome, Ben. So good to have you here from the West. Yeah, thanks, Tanya. Fantastic to be here. Excellent. Um, just thought we've, we've had the workshop this morning, but just wanting to go through a bit of a summary of what we covered. In your mind, what are the key things that people need to think about when, they're, when they've got their new weed at home and they're about to start putting it into practice? Well, I think, I think we probably could even step back a step and, and say, well, I mean, what were the what were the things they went through in terms of both you know just due diligence to make sure they had the right gear, had a machine that was fit for purpose, and and also the economics, making sure that they had done their sums and made sure that they know that the piece of equipment they're cleaning and using is going to do the job for them. I think, as you say, then we stepped into you know once you've got it, what are the considerations? And we talked a lot about you know both maintenance and I guess a technical aspect of you know, selective spraying that might be different to regular blanket spraying and and yeah there are some differences and I think what was great today was that we had some growers here that actually are running selective spraying systems and, and we're able to sit down and, and sort of really get into the nitty gritty of some of the problems or issues that they've had and also how they've worked through them and you know how they've been able to get the most out of their machines. I think it's been really valuable. Yeah there's definitely a lot of interest in the technology and you ask people to put their hand up what's one of the biggest limiting factors to implementing everybody wants to go that path but mm. it's cost yeah, it's cost the cost is, of machinery yeah that's right and I, and I think probably you know one one of the points um, that was raised today was that yeah aside from the the economics that that sit around this you know potentially in the future there, there may even be some regulatory issues that, that we may need to implement this technology for but at the moment you know Upfront capital cost is what everyone is is probably concerned with. And I think that probably comes back down to the individual operation, both in, in scale, cost of chemical used, you know, the, the sort of weeds they're targeting, the crops that they're targeting, or the crop residues they're targeting them in. And I think probably that's going to be different for everyone. So, you know, for the individual to sit down and do the numbers is probably going to resolve that cost issue, I think. And then, you know, they'll be able to pull the trigger on a selective spraying system that matches their both their infield requirements and also their budget. And we thought there might be 
coming out of a wet sort of spring summer season there might be increased demand for a weed it but it turns out that you know blanket spraying may actually take out the need for a weed it this year some of the comments we're getting from the crowd is they're not using it as much as they thought they might yeah and look that's going to be it's going to be horses for courses there will be seasons where that probably is the case there will also be seasons where you know, you know this, this year we might be seeing sort of 30 to 50 percent coverage yep. uh, in some paddocks other years it'll be 10 percent and and you know depending again on the, the cost of the chemistry we were applying you know, the, the economic case if you like for um putting that machine in the paddock and or, or at least making the initial investment can definitely stack up so yeah we've got to work on the law of averages with with some of this stuff and admittedly the technology's come a long way and we just mentioned today that in the 10-year period now that and that's all that they've been around for in more commercial sort of sense uh they've come a long way so you know yeah. they'll, they'll probably continue to do that but i think with that maybe the cost will come down or integration will be um probably more prevalent and we you know with the oems as well so yeah, yeah. a bit of a watchy space as well, well you've come a long way in 10 years where are we going to be in another 10 years you're well, heading yeah. over to agritechnica later yeah this that's year. right yeah i think you know we were talking here predominantly about green on brown and spraying weeds in residues and make sure that we preserve as much moisture as we possibly can where are we going to? You know, green and green is what yeah. everyone's talking about and where that's going to is um, happening at a blinding pace and yep. people are throwing a lot of cash at it. So yeah. there's plenty of commercial operators that have got machines in fields working at that technology now. It all comes down to how good the algorithm is and, and the machine learning that sits behind it really. So yeah, it'll be great to see what happens. Here. It's crazy, isn't it? Green on green technology and an autonomous sprayer and um, the farmers yeah, can stay here and enjoy their beer and Yeah, exactly. A and longer, have a barbie, so. yeah. Yeah, look, and, and that's where ultimately we We've got to go. We've got pressures on labour and we've got pressure on the economics of some of this stuff. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. If you can make that business case stack up, then why not? Yep. Well, look forward to hearing what you find when you go overseas later this year. Yeah. Thanks very much for joining us today. It's been great to have you in the Mallee again. It's been a great pleasure to be here. Thanks, Tanya. Great. Changing tack a bit now, I've got Dave Keach here and um, pulled him away from the, from the barbecue and the chat with a couple of farmers just to get a bit of a summary of what we covered today. What were the key things people were asking at today's event? There was a focus on the agronomy basics, and I guess I covered that, you know, in a conventional broadcast spray, we still need to consider weed size, weed stress, and that's still a consideration through optical spot spray technology, and although it probably allows us, by utilising alternative chemistry, to, to pull down bigger weeds. So, And that was probably the other interest is you know what alternative chemistry is available to us um, that we can utilize to pull down a spectrum of weeds that are often hard to kill well the key message is really you don't have to overthink it we can just keep it simple so the unique registrations allow growers to just utilize higher rates of chemistry whether that be extremely high rates of 2,4-D or glyphosate or alternative chemistry found in BIFO, which is glyphosinate. So, yeah, there's quite a bit of interest. I think there was a tendency to, in this part of the world, to use paraquat predominantly through the system. And so there was an interest in how could we broaden the spectrum of paraquat, and that's where the discussion of tank mixing Terrador, for instance, um, would allow growers to pick up a few more weeds through the the optical spot spray technology, but that's probably about as complex as I would make it. They don't need to be complex tank mixes. They are one product or perhaps two in that situation. Yeah, Yeah. but really important to stick to the label rate recommendation. You had some slides up there before where people had cut 
in half, even like, you know, five litres of a product was not as good as the 10. And that was the feedback from those in the room that had used it, where they'd perhaps used quite light rates that you would use in a broadcast situation. You've got to remember that those nozzles only fire for 0.1 of a second, so they are really designed to utilise higher rates of chemistry. So, yeah, mm. stick to those unique label registrations and what's recommended on those. It was a really good discussion and yeah. I learned as much as hopefully they learned from me. So, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's good, good to hear people's experiences and what their local issues are from a weed control point of view weed issues that came out today was mainly flea bane, wasn't it? It was all the usual suspects. Skeleton weed. Um, but it was interesting, the comments about silver leaf nightshade, so there are a couple of chemistries there that would be really useful that would be cost-prohibitive in a blanket spray situation, mm. um, but being able to use high rates of, for instance, Trooper 75D over Silverleaf Nightshade would be incredibly effective. It's great to have you back out here in the Mallee talking to some farmers, and I think they got a lot out of it today. A great time, thank you. We'll um, put some of that extra information that you've got. Yeah, we've got a useful tech guide that goes into some of the basics of the economy and then outlines the registrations that we have unique to you farm. Fantastic. That'll go on the show notes. So thanks again for joining us. No worries. Thank you. The Future of Weed Detection Day, Putting It Into Practice, was brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later.